Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple line, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome. Frank Arone here, the Arone Sports Podcast. Week uh, 12 of NFL action is in the books. Uh, Thanksgiving week is uh, overall a fun week. I was out in Vegas visiting uh, the other part of this pod, the Rob, and, and the rest of the uh, Roan family. So that was a good time. The, uh, you know, good food. Somewhat decent football on Thursday. It was actually a lot better from a picks perspective than my Sunday was, that's for sure. But uh, anyway, let's uh, check in with you, Robbie. How you doing out there in Vegas? Yeah, not too bad. It's good to have you out here. Good Thanksgiving and everything, so I can't complain on my end. Yeah, and uh, Vikes got a win against the Lions for the first time in a couple of years, which is awesome. As Vikings fans, obviously, take care of business uh, about time. But anyway, um, so I guess we'll jump into last week and do a little weekend recap. The Weekend Recap. All right, so yeah, the uh, I know the favorites just crushed last week. That's kind of been the uh, overarching theme. Um, just you know, listening to people talk about last week and you know, sitting there experiencing it firsthand. Um, it was pretty crazy. I think since week seven now, um, favorites have gone seventy-one percent. Which I know at the beginning of the year, everyone was talking about how the ridiculous rate that underdogs are covering, and now it's kind of the exact opposite. Um, you know, there are a ton of games last week where. The dogs were hanging in there and it looked like they, by all rights, should cover. And, you know, they're, they're obviously motivated to keep scoring and the favorites are just trying to run the clocks out. But there's a lot of uh, late scores there by the favorites to end up covering. And as a result, I didn't have a great week. It wasn't it wasn't horrible. It kind of got salvaged a little bit by the Rams. Uh, I had a bigger unit play on them in the afternoon. And uh, that ended up coming through to kind of, you know, stop the bleeding a little bit. Um, but still, begin, <laughs> the beginning games were just... Uh, you know, almost a clown show. It's just one one bad thing after another. So that was a little frustrating. But what are you gonna do? Um, you know, it's one of those things where the more those big favorites keep covering, the more the lines are just gonna get inflated. And I'll just keep taking a couple extra points as 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 it goes. So what uh what about you, Rob? How uh, how was your weekend? Yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny you say that. It's just uh kind of crazy from my perspective how there are so many underdogs covering early, which would usually be a good thing. And then uh, you know, pretty much the exact opposite here in the last part of the season so far. And, uh, you know, my season's kind of been the opposite. Like I said, it's kind of completely, you know, contradicts what you expect, especially when I play a lot of underdogs. You just expect when the underdogs are doing good, that's when I would be making money and vice versa. But so it's kind of strange how that's working out. I, um, kind of just picking my spots, you know, at the right times here in this last since week seven, like you said, with those favorites being, you know, clipping a 70% mark there, which is remarkable. So, you know, I've been picking my spots here in the last few weeks, last four or five weeks, and been winning, you know, pretty much pretty consistently here. So I'm still in the negative, which isn't good, but definitely not as bad as it was at one point here for my uh, campaign this season. But I'm just kind of, you know, the one thing I'm kind of hitting myself for is last week with the Rams. I know you had a two-unit play, and 
I liked them pretty much all week. I had the pick of the week on them, and, you know, they pretty won in pretty convincing fashion, pretty much had control that game all week, I thought. So, I mean, sorry, all game, I thought, and I liked them all week. But, um, you know, I should, probably should have released a bigger unit play. That was kind of a mistake. But, you know, needless to say, it's still won. So that was good. And they also had that under in that Chargers game, which I thought was pretty, you know, pretty good pick as well. Uh, that was on Thursday Night Football against Dallas. So I liked that one as well. Um, they got They got there pretty pretty handedly and I should have uh, played that Vikings total as well I was kind of kicking myself for that I bet it myself there's a handful of other games I you know bet myself but on the other token of the coin I also was going to release some plays too like you know even Dallas when the moved point spread moved uh, when they were an underdog and went from a favorite I stayed away from that which I was kind of glad I did that in a few other games so, you know it kind of goes both ways so you can't be you know too mad the ones you miss if you make sure you look at the ones that you you know would have got you know been a loss on if you would have gone with so got to look at both sides of it yeah, no, I was pretty thankful I didn't release that Jets game because that was pretty absurd, the fact that they didn't cover it. And uh, I was real close to releasing it there right before kickoff once it got up to you know Carolina 6, and I luckily uh, held off, even though I think by all means it was the right side of the game. Uh, so anyway, what uh, looking back at last week, what were the games where the number came into play? Getting the best of the number. Yeah, so let's see. We had a few games here. They had the Tennessee Indianapolis game. That one opened four and a half, closed at three and a half, and that one landed on four. Twenty sixteen final. But again, that's kind of a little bit of a you know can't really. I know me and you talked about this game, but with Jacoby Brissett was being questionable for a concussion. He's in the concussion protocol, so I mean that's kind of an injury related. So it's not as big of a deal. So this is one that I myself actually got a three and a half on Indy and lost, and I could have got a better number. But I, normally that's what I. I almost care more about getting a better number than I do about whether I win or lose because that's going to, you know, indicate, uh, you know, future results long term. So that's more what I care about, like I said. But in this situation, I don't really kick myself as much just for the fact that, uh, I know me and you spoke about this, but I would rather have waited to make sure Brissett was healthy and was going to play and got a little bit, you know, half a point worse or even a point worse that's still not through a key number like that. You know, I'd rather take a three and a half with Brissett in than a four and a half with Brissett being, you know, 50 50 coin flip because I think he's, you know, has played pretty solid and means a lot to that team. So, um, it, and to expand on that further a little bit, um, you know, that move wasn't necessarily a move based on, um, you know, opinion by the market. It was more of a move based on information. The fact that he was confirmed in as well, you know, at least, at least part of that was. So it's almost like you're talking about two different bets, I think. You know, them with a 50-50, who's going to be quarterback at four and a half is, a, is almost like a completely separate bet than Brissett in for sure at three or three and a half. So even though it is the same game, um, in, in a way, it's almost like they're two totally separate bets. So yeah, it's one of those where I, would, I don't want to kick myself at all because it's not like you're getting the worst of the number per se. It's just you, you made a different bet essentially than someone that made a bet at the beginning of the week, even though it was on the same game. But anyway, continue. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> you know, something, uh, have to make note of it just because it kind of fits into it, you know, technically. But I think, you know, looking back on it, it's not something I'm going to be kicking myself like, you know, other, other games might have or, or will do. So, and then the two, uh, and then there's nothing else. And we're dry for this segment until, uh, Monday night football came with the Houston Texans and, uh, the Baltimore Ravens there. And that one got it on both side end total, which, uh, goes to show you how important it is. And, could have got either side there. So at first you had the side um, of the game, just the point spread, open seven and a half, eight at some shops even, and then close at seven. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was necessarily across the board, but a lot of seven with juice, and you know maybe there was a few seven and a halfs, but there's definitely could have got either number pretty easily at a handful of different books. And, of course, that game landed right on seven, 23-16. So um, that's that's huge. And then, uh, likewise, the total, open 39 and a half, close 38, and, uh, and landed right on 39. So 
you really could have bet that game either way and uh, middled it or whatever, you know, have your picks. That's uh, two perfect examples there. I don't think there's really any, you know, nothing nitpicky about that or anything, you know, like the like the last game with injuries. It was all just, you know, movement and the market moving uh, with the public and everything else. And, and then some sharp money came in late on the, on the, on the spread. So, um, or even the total, I should say, as well. So um, it's just something you get the best of numbers, just uh, <laughs> very apparent right there. Yeah, absolutely. So that uh, that'll conclude that. Let's uh, head on right up to week thirteen and and uh, look at this slate here. Uh, started off on Thursday, November thirtieth. Head head in December already. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, on the is. home stretch here with only what five games left here. Yeah, uh, yeah, five five weeks left, which is amazing to think I got about a month left. But yeah, so the Thursday nighter. Uh, what looked like it could have been a really attractive matchup coming into the year, but it just lost a little bit of its luster at the current state. Uh, we got Washington heading to Dallas. And it looks like Dallas is uh, about a one, one and a half point home favorite with a total of 44. Yeah, my power in here is a pick em. Westgate open, uh, like we do every week. I'll just mention it briefly. We use the Westgate Superbook, uh, out in Las Vegas just to keep it consistent for both the opener, uh, for this week and the look headline for the week before, um, that when it was posted for these week's games this week's games and um yeah westgate open here dallas minus two and a half look at line dallas minus three and uh you know like like i kind of expected i i think this game is a little too high just by, based on my power rating and come down a little bit uh, a little bit of money on washington but i originally thought this should be a little bit even more towards washington's side just kind of out first glance but i it's just kind of one of those deals where if, if Dallas is in a spot here to show up, this would be it. But, you know, they've kind of already had a few of the, like, even last game, I was another spot that they should have showed up and they didn't really show up at all. So, uh, I usually don't like to back somebody after they are in a good spot and a show up spot and then they basically don't show up. It just seems like, okay, now you're going to have to prove it to me type of thing. And, uh, this, this might be a game like that, but I'm not really too enamored with Washington either. So, I mean, I definitely lean to the Washington side, especially getting the point, point and a half here. And I think it might even come down and tick more. Um, but, I think uh, I'm not going to be rushed to the window by any means, and I think uh, I think the total is kind of sitting right where it should be too. Maybe maybe a tad low, but it is a division game and Thursday night football, so I think that's kind of where it's sitting a little bit lower than you normally expect it. So I don't really have any beef with these numbers, uh, total or side. Yeah, this is it's a weird um, case because I think the number's probably right where it should be. Um, I think you know does that Dallas. I don't. I think they're you know they're still an, an okay team, even though they've looked pretty horrific here the last couple weeks. Uh, especially if if Smith comes back and looks better at tackle because he kind of didn't quite look uh, you know fully like he was at back at game speed yet last week on the short week there, even though he gave it a go and I think uh, he's pretty pretty important obviously to their offense. Um, but at the same time, even though I think the numbers probably where it should be, I, I just like the Redskins quite a bit more. I think defensively it's um, fairly equal. If any, I think I'd probably give a little bit of an edge to the Redskins. And then offensively, I just think the Redskins, even though they've lost Thompson and, and Jordan Reed uh, most games, so they're, they're kind of devoid of playmakers a little bit. But I just I think Cousins uh, right now specifically is just playing way better ball than um, than Prescott. And so I, I just think in this, you know, the motivation should be there for both teams. The Redskins didn't look extremely good last week either. Um, and, and the Cowboys obviously looked pretty bad and, getting blown out by the chargers so uh, i don't and then they're both five and six and they're kind of on the outside of the playoffs but they're still you know can kind of trick themselves into thinking they have a shot if they make a run so i think motivation wise it should be pretty similar um you know it's you don't have to worry i hate taking road 
uh, road teams on Thursday nights, just dealing with the travel and, you know, the short week, it just kind of uh, seems like a lot to overcome, especially when the teams are fairly equal. But since they both played on Thursday last week, uh, it's basically like a normal normal week for them. So I don't think that should really come into effect too much. And uh, I kind of like the uh, kind of like the Redskins in this spot. Don't don't love it. I'm not saying they're for sure going to win, but I think that's I think they're going to win the game. So give any points, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty attractive in my opinion. So now we head to the Sunday games, and uh, the first game we got here is Detroit at Baltimore. Looks like Baltimore is laying three with a total of 40, 40 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore minus two and a half. Westgate open, Baltimore minus three. Look at line, Baltimore two and a half. And this is one of the games I already kind of bet. Um, I thought it was a little kind of surprised here. I thought maybe I waited until after the Monday night football game. I was going to hop on a flat three, but decided to hold off and see if you know Baltimore could just blow out Houston because I thought it might, uh, just by judging off of how the games have gone so far the last few weeks, I thought that was definitely in the in, in play for sure having a big favorite blow out the other team and, you know, have an easy cash of the window, but not not quite so as we touched in our segment just before this. But I think, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I like I like Detroit here. I know there's only one, like I can see there's only one flat three in my book that I'm looking at right now. That's at South Point, which only deals uh, flat 110 numbers. They don't do any, you know, mess around with the juice at all. Everything else I see is pretty much juiced uh, towards Detroit. Um, so I, you know, like I said, I, I don't really know where this number is going if, because I, I feel like I might be just be higher on Detroit than the market is, but I just feel like, you know, Baltimore is not that good of a team. Their defense is kind of keeping them in there, but, you know, you got, you know, Stafford and Detroit is, uh, pretty much their team there. And he had a little bit of a down game against the Vikings, and I think people have heard a few rumblings about how, how Stafford's, you know, missed throws, all blah, 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 but I think people are just really underrating this Minnesota defense. I don't think they're giving as much, as much credit as they deserve, so. Uh, you've seen now two pretty good quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks just basically get muffled up here just from the Vikings' defense. And I don't really think it's just, oh, they're just bad quarterbacks all of a sudden. I mean, obviously, I think it's, you know, a one-week deal. And I feel like they'll, even though Baltimore's a good defense as well, don't get me wrong, but I don't think uh, they're I, – I, I think Detroit's going to have some success here at Baltimore, and I know it's going to be a tough place to play. But they're coming off extra rest, and uh, Baltimore's going to be on a short week. So I think uh, I think three is just a little bit too high. So, like I said, I've already jumped in on them at – Flat three and um, anything at three, flat three, and if the mo- line does move back to flat three or even better than that for Detroit, I I feel feel like that's a pretty solid bet taking the, the three points or better. Yeah, I definitely agree with the one caveat being Stafford's health. I don't know if if you heard any reports because I know he was limping there during the Vikes game and it wasn't um, serious enough to pull him out of the game by any means. But uh, it also looked like his mobility might be a little bit in question. I'd be a little bit worried about uh, him you know, just feeling comfortable in the pocket and and dealing with you know if Baltimore's if anything's good about them it's uh, another defense and they can get a little bit of pressure on the quarterback so I'd be a little bit worried about that and give me a little bit of pause that before I made the bet I think I would uh, yeah I don't know, even see him sh- showing up on the injury report so maybe I'm not sure maybe it is an issue that's not here or not documented or whatever but I don't even see him showing up at all so we'll see I guess. Okay, so yeah, it's just one of those things that I think unless the number starts moving and you, you need to jump on that three, which is absolutely possible, then you have to make the decision whether you want to do it or not. Um, I would wait and, until it gets later in the week and there's nothing. And you, I would, you know, that's, that's one thing about Twitter that's super nice is you can follow the, you know, Lions beat reporters or NFL beat reporters and, uh, see some reports or just search, you know, Matt Stafford health or injury or whatever and see if anything pops up because, even if, uh, you know, it says he's fine or it doesn't show up on the injury report, it's so I've seen stranger things where if you make the bet 
you know, not the, not the series, but <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I've seen Stranger Things where you make the bet, and then the next thing you know, he's Your favorite show? randomly out. He's randomly out on Saturday night or Sunday morning. You're like, well, I you know I didn't bet on who, who's their backup even. That's um, a good question. I do not know that offhand. Say so Stafford's uh, Stafford's been in there for quite a bit. So their backup is is it Rudock. Uh, yeah, Rufert Rudock. <laughs> yeah, Jake Rudock out of uh, out of Michigan. I I remember I wasn't too impressed with him at Michigan, let alone uh, you know to get an NFL start. So well, you are a pretty one of those scouter, where you feel like you're ripping up your ticket if you you know had it and didn't even think about it. And the next thing you know, you got Rudock at the helm. Yeah, you are a pretty big uh, Rudock scout, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, that's just something. But everything else, I totally agree with. So. Uh, that's about my only addition to that is, uh, you know, to get, to get the three. If, uh, if, if it's going to go away and you see the market start, market starting to move and you still have that out. Um, but if you don't have to, I would wait and bet this one later in the week. All right. The next game we got is San Francisco at Chicago. Are there numbers up on this one? Looks like there's, um, a bunch of blanks on my screen here. Do you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually just bet this game. Uh, when I was at school here a little bit a little bit ago at uh, at Boyd, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm seeing numbers on every every book that I have, so I don't know. I'm not sure unless they're done, unless they do got taken down. I guess I can check here quick. So but, Chicago laying four with a total of forty and a half. Yeah, everything's I see it's pretty much three and a half is the the definitely the prevailing number right now. So um, yeah, my power rating here: Chicago minus three and a half. Westgate open. Chicago minus five and a half. Look headline: Chicago five and a half and. I don't know. I just feel like this number's a little too high. Um, I, like I said, I already put a bet in here. I just got it at four. One of the, one of my books moved, so I got the other book that still had a flat four and yeah, pretty much three, three and a half across the board, like I just mentioned. I even see at Westgate here, they're sitting, they're dealing a three minus 120 on Chicago. So, uh, it's pretty, uh, you know, decent, decent move already from, from the opener, obviously. So I don't really anticipate the money stopping. I know the, there's rumblings of, uh, obviously we're getting, uh, the putting, uh, what's his name? Beth, Beth, Beth Hard, or you'd like to call him a uh, beat hard, putting him on the bench and, uh, bringing in their, their backup to see if, you know, see what he's got. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Um, so that's kind of still up in the air, but I feel like it seems to me, I don't know, I guess we'll see what you think, but it seems to me like if, even if you do have Beth playing, I feel like this number's about right. And then it's basically a freebie if, uh, if Jimmy G gets in. So I don't know what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd pretty much agree. I'd, we saw, you know, Chicago land points a couple weeks ago against Green Bay. We saw how that ended up. Yeah, exactly. I know. And, uh, I know the, and, yeah, I, and along with what, that, I know the market's seen that, uh, saw that too. So it's one of those deals I, I would, I would imagine, especially if Jimmy G gets announced in, I would imagine this number's going to come down closer to three before kickoff. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. If Jimmy G's in there, I would say three would be the absolute highest the number would, would go off at. And there's a chance it might even go below three. Uh, I don't know for sure the market's. Um, opinion necessarily on Jimmy G, especially not with his, you know, the only data we have in the past is him with the New England you know, Belichick backing, which is obviously a, a far cry from where he's at now. But I'd have to assume that they uh, would value him at least, at least somewhat, if not significantly, a lot higher than uh, Beathard or Bethard or whatever his name is. <laughs> and uh, so I, I agree with what you're saying is I think this number is right if it is Beathard in there. But if it's if it is Jimmy G, then I think you're getting a great value, and uh, you know it's one of those things where it's hard to tell, um, you know, how Chicago is going to respond off of uh, basically being, 
non-competitive whatsoever against Philadelphia. And, you know, they are, Philly is one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. But they, basically, Chicago didn't have any resistance whatsoever. And uh, to the point where it's like, I'm not even sure if they're trying or not. Uh, just got They didn't have a whole first down in the whole first half, uh, which is pretty incredible in today's day and age. They couldn't muster one first down in 30 minutes of football. Um, so, and then San Francisco, they ended up losing to Seattle, but they should have covered that game, uh, by all rights, or, you know, they were at least in coin flip range, where they very well could have. Um, and the, so they're not playing great by any means, and they're, they still make a lot of mistakes, but at least I feel like there's a little bit of effort there, where with Chicago, I'm not totally sure if you're going to get it or not going forward. And then you look at the coaching matchup, I'm, Still, pretty big Shanahan fan, and Fox is about as frustrating as it gets. Especially, he's, he's just way too aggressive. One... If you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one thing when you're super conservative. When he had that Denver squad with one of the best defenses in the league, it's like, all right, dude, I, I can see punting on fourth and one occasionally, and and trusting your defense somewhat, even though I disagree with it. I understand a little bit, but when you have a, a team that's you know whatever they are three and, what are they three and seven or three and eight, whatever they are three and eight and they have no even, you know, dreams of making the playoffs this year. And he's probably going to be fired here, you know, either this year or next year. It's like, you think you just take a chance just, just to change things up. But you know, again, last game it was fourth and three from the 45 yard line or whatever, when they were down 10, nothing. And, uh, he just punts it away and it's like, okay, yeah, what are you going to, you know, you know, they've lost 31 to three. It's like, do you, you know, well, why are you being ultra conservative? That just just doesn't make sense to me at all. But that's got, just his nature, I guess. And yeah, you got to preserve. So, you got to preserve that uh, three and eight record. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're already down in the game. It's like that's one thing. Um, we'll get to it later, but um, you know, I've Adam Gase for the coach for the Dolphins. Uh, they, there was there was about ten minutes left or twelve minutes left in that game against the Patriots, and they're down seventeen or whatever at their own thirty. Um, and, you know, nine out of ten coaches are going to punt that away there. And it's like, well, you're, you're not going to win the game. The only way you're going to win the game is if you score a bunch of points here. You might as well take a shot. I'd much rather take a shot and miss and then potentially lose by 30 than punt the ball away and try to sneak out a 17-point loss and make it look a touch better. It's like I thought the whole point is trying to win. So I respect coaches like that that will actually, you know, take a shot and, and, and hope for the best. And if it doesn't work out, and in that case, they end up working on they score a touchdown and they didn't end up winning the game, but it gave them a significantly better chance than just punting away to make it look a little bit better. Um, so I, in this, the main point here is in this coaching matchup, I think there's a huge edge to Shanahan. And, uh, so I'm, I'm going to for sure have a bet on San Francisco and, um, gladly. Oh, I know that pretty much all the coaching decisions in the game, um, uh, I'm going to be in favor of, uh, you what for my bet, whether it be pro San Francisco coaching decisions or anti Chicago coaching decisions, or like we saw and, a couple uh, weeks ago, like might even take some points out of the board and give you the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's capable of that as we've seen a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, Chicago over field goal, no thank you. And hopefully, and I've put a lot of faith in the San Francisco team before. Hopefully, they can come through for me this week. Uh, next game is a pretty good one. We got the Vikings heading to Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta laying three with a total of forty-seven. Yeah, my power rating here, I had Atlanta 2.5 minus 120, kind of teetering between 2.5 and, and 3, so I just figured, okay, I'll put it at 120 here to split the difference. And then uh, Westgate opened Atlanta 3, even money, and look at line was Atlanta minus 3, flat 110. So pretty much sitting right in that area. I'm you know, seeing some flat 3s to see 2.5 with juice at a few shops, and then a lot of you know 3 with juice on the Vikings. So um, 
I don't know. I think this will be a good game. Obviously, it's a you know two good teams, well above average, uh, two playoff contenders trying to win the division. Looks like Minnesota pretty much is going to have the division for the most part, unless something really fluky happens, which with Minnesota you never know. And then uh, Atlanta obviously fighting in that three-way race for the the South there in the NFC. So it should be a really good matchup. But um, I definitely lean to the Vikings. But I just feel like uh, I know I mentioned it to you. It just feels like they're kind of be doing they're kind of due for a letdown here at some point, and I. Not quite sure. This might seem like this might be the game where they might let down a little bit after, you know, they're going to have, I think Atlanta's going to have a little bit of a motivation edge. They know they're going to have to be on their toes the rest of the, because I mean, they, if they don't, they fool around, they can miss the playoffs with that, you know, the NFC South being so good, whereas Minnesota can kind of, you know, coast their way to the playoffs, you would assume. And, uh, not that they're going to not be motivated to play this game, but I think Atlanta's going to have a little bit of a motivational edge, but you got to add in, uh, Minnesota's going to coming off extra rest as well from that Thursday night game, so. I don't know. I think all in all, it just seems like a game I'm probably going to stay away and not have a bet on, I would assume. Yeah, I've, I've been riding the Vikings a decent amount, uh, thinking there's value on them because the general markets just don't really seem, like you met, you said earlier, they just don't really seem to respect the defense. And, uh, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, properly rated when it comes to uh, price ranges here. But now this is time. Where just, I don't know, the Vikings, you're just basically at three. You're just about asking them to win the game. And, uh, it, I agree that at some point it seems like they're going to have a bad game and they're due for a little bit of a letdown. As, as brilliant as Keenum was in the last game, uh, and he didn't really make a ton of risky plays. Uh, in the weeks prior to that, he definitely threw up a lot of 50 50 balls that have all pretty much worked out, like just about across the board, other than the uh, second half of that Washington game. So at some point, you think those eight, nine weeks of being pretty fortunate uh, are going to come back, and and then they do it'll probably be in a spectacular way. So um, hopefully, as a fan, it's not this week. And but you know, I didn't, it's not it won't stop me from betting on them necessarily. But I also Atlanta seems like a team that's uh, you know getting a little momentum here, and uh, you know I I don't know they have they have um, a lot of different weapons, even though Julio is the main one. So, like, the Vikes can throw Xavier on him, but and a lot of times you'd say, okay, you can take out their best weapon a decent amount. But the way he played last week wasn't uh, super reassuring either. And, and, of course, Julio coming off that huge game. So, if in a weird, you'd think that naturally that, okay, if you can take out Julio, then you should be able to shut this offense down pretty good. But then if you flip it around and say, well, if Julio sells a pretty decent game against Rhodes, um, and you don't, you, know, you don't really have that benefit of, of having Xavier out there, um, you know, then maybe that is a little bit of an advantage to Atlanta in a way. So I don't know. I think this game is probably about where it should be, and I'll be excited to watch this one and and rooting hard for the Vikes as a fan. But uh, as a better, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in this unless the number moves fairly drastically. Next game we got New England at Buffalo. Looks like uh, New England is laying seven and a half, eight on the road with a total of forty-eight and a half. My power rating here, New England minus seven. Westgate open, New England eight and a half, and the look ahead line was New England ten. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I bet against New England last week, and it's just, uh, I felt like it was a pretty good bet. Got a 17 out there, waited for the highest number I could get, plus 17 on Miami. And, uh, you know, by God, they don't lose by 18, just a typical type of fashion, but what are you going to do? And, uh, I, I don't know. Obviously, I think the value, I shouldn't say obviously, but the value I think's on, uh, Buffalo here at home but uh, it's just kind of like betting on Cleveland it's like how many times do you want to go back to that well betting against uh, New England and just uh, kind of the same thing happens over and over again and 
So you really have to have it make a strong case for it. And I don't know, this doesn't seem like the game where I'm going to make too strong of a case for it. But I, I think Buffalo might have got some legs back. I, but I don't know. I don't, I, I have a, like I said, lean to Buffalo, but it's hard to put, you know, too much of a, a play unless you have a really strong opinion against, against New England. But I, like I said, this might be one of the hiccups that they might have here in their schedule, but I don't know if I'm going to be chasing, chasing for that to happen or not. Yeah. Normally, you know, Buffalo came through for me last week on my pick of the week. And as, as a lot of just betting against the um, Kansas City offense in a way too, but it scares me. Even though they only gave up uh, whatever ten points last week to Kansas City, before that Buffalo had gotten blown out in a couple weeks. And if any any team shows uh, a propensity for that and uh, being blown out, it the team that could take advantage of it would definitely be New England. So that that's a little bit scary. Even though I. In general, I'd love this price range for if you just give me Buffalo. Um, it's in general, like I think the quality of team they are versus the quality of team New England is. I would just love getting as many points at home, especially in a interdivision uh, matchup here, and two teams that know each other fairly well. And in New England, that isn't really looking for style points; they're just trying to get out of games with wins. Um, I, I, I would just love Buffalo, but it's just scares me when they've gotten blown out here uh, multiple times in the last month. Uh, New England is also a team that if they do have a couple matchups in their favor, they're just going to keep exploiting them, and I don't necessarily trust that you're going to get the uh, effort or coaching ability to necessarily overcome that. So, um, yeah, in this one, I, I, I'm just really tempted to take Buffalo. Maybe I'll end up getting on them by the end of the week, but at the at the current moment, I just don't think I can quite pull the trigger on it. And uh, you know, like last week was a pretty frustrating one. You know, I had some Dolphins plus seventeen, and uh, you know, I had every chance to cover that game, and they just couldn't quite do it. So, um, not I don't think Buffalo is a better team than Miami, but still, it's just uh, I don't know. I'm kind of getting tired of losing money betting against the Patriots too, like I am on betting Cleveland. So. We'll see. Yeah, it is kind of crazy too. Just one little tidbit: Buffalo right now, uh, two and ten and one against the spread in the last thirteen games against playing uh, when they're playing at home against New England, which seems. Uh, I've heard a few things that they, Buffalo plays them well at home. Is what I've kind of heard. I just kind of you know took it for what it was worth and just kind of listened to it. But after looking into it a little bit, obviously that's not the case. So I don't really know where that's coming from, but clearly the New England's had their number at. Uh, uh, I at test. Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, uh, yeah. But uh, the yeah, one thing I, one thing I do want to add too is it's a pretty high total. Even uh, for was it forty eight and a half, forty nine, and just pretty high high total there for uh, uh, a division game like this. But definitely keep an eye on the weather report because if, if the weather gets bad or anything, if there's uh, any snow flurries or anything else along those lines or high wind speeds, I mean that that total is just going to plummet. So I'd definitely keep an eye on that, uh, which you can't really you can't get a good weather report until you know Saturday night, Sunday morning type of deal. But you know, kind of watch for that as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next game, uh, you got Denver at Miami. Got uh, a little road chalk with Denver now. Looks like it moved in their direction. To, uh, Denver minus one, total of 38, 38.5. Yeah, what a game here. Uh, talk about a quarterback showdown. Um, my power rating here, a pick. Westgate opened a pick. Uh, a look headline was Denver minus one and a half. And like you said, yeah, a little bit of money. I think it came in Miami early, or maybe they reopened that uh, at a pick 'em. But yeah, a little bit of money came back here on Denver, so sitting there getting the nod here on the between the pick 'em range. But uh, this is a game I want no part of. I know that it looks like Simeon starting, and 
they're not really sure what's who's going to be quarterbacking for Miami. I would assume it's probably going to be more, but he's he looked okay when he came in relief both times for Cutler, but then the two times he started, he's looked pretty miserable. So, uh, you know, this is a game I bet against Denver last week. Thought that number got a little too low with Oakland, and I won that in pretty easy, easily fashion, easy fashion, until uh, Simeon came in there and got two touchdowns late in the game and kind of made it a little dicey, but. I think that was uh, my my bet was the right side. I thought for the most part, and um, but you know this game here, I just don't. I don't really like either of these teams. I think they're both bet against, and I uh, just obviously not not too much of offenses. And you're gonna you see that in the total. It's reflected here, thirty eight, thirty eight and a half. So I'll be staying away here from this game almost for sure. Uh, one thing I do want to add looks like uh, Garoppolo just got announced in for San Francisco. So um, he's now gonna be the quarterback for uh, against Chicago. So that just happened here uh, within the last ten seconds. Yeah, so anybody that's listening to it live better move on it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know uh, my one partner here, my one partner is talking about we should get some radio space out in Vegas here. So maybe we'll have to get that going so we can be a little bit more uh, relevant in the live live market there. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting to have our own uh, radio show. I'd like it. We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to get that going here in the future at some point. This game, um, you know, Denver's just not a really a team I have a whole lot of interest in backing down the stretch here for the rest of the season. Um, and you have a team like this that, I mean, it's been really good here in years past, you know, Super Bowl contenders, and now they're 3-8 and eight and just kind of playing out the string. They really have no chance of making the playoffs or hopes or, or dreams of making the playoffs or doing anything, accomplishing anything this year. And it's, and it's just a team of uh, aging veterans for the most part. They're either a team I'm either going to bet against or uh, stay away from completely uh, late in the season here. So no interest really in backing them. Um, as far as Miami goes, they're a team I would have had interest in backing, thinking they're going to be a little undervalued if um, Moore had been, had been playing better when he's came in here in relief of Cutler. But he's he's played okay at times, but he also just didn't really look that impressive last week. And uh, so I just can't really trust him either. And I think at this price, I would probably lean Miami, but I'm I don't I don't really like either of these teams and don't know exactly what kind of effort you're going to get from either of them. So uh, I'll I'll probably be staying away from this one. Next game, we got Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee laying six and a half, seven at home with a total of 42 and a half, 43. And my power rating here is Tennessee minus seven. Westgate opened Tennessee seven, and the look at line was Tennessee seven. So, uh, I don't really have a whole lot in this game either. It's just, uh, you know, it's tough with Houston. I think they played pretty well last night, I thought. Uh, last night being Monday Night Football and, uh, against uh, Baltimore. So, Tommy Savage actually looked decent. He, uh, he made some plays through the ball, and I was pretty much just watching. Uh, pretty much just uh, hitting. You know what's his name? Um, trying to blank here. Uh, number ten. <laughs> He's on my fantasy football team. I can't even think of his name. Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, there you go. Um, trying to blank there, but yeah, he was pretty much just hitting the Hopkins factor all all game long. I don't know what he had. I think about 140 yards, 130 yards, something like that. Which was good for me, helped me beat uh, Colin in, in fantasy. So uh, he brought my, brought my team over the hump there against him uh, last week. So I wasn't complaining, but yeah, it's, uh, you th- you'd think that the Baltimore defense would be able to lock him down a little bit better because I mean they really only have they don't really have a whole lot of weapons on offense. He's about their only one, and he was pretty much just gashing them all night. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. And you know this Tennessee team, I know if anybody you know what we've been talking about all season, I'm just not too high on this Tennessee team. I don't think. They really have any business being seven and four, or even in the playoff pitcher, really. So, um, I, I'm not really high on Mariota and everything. So, I mean, I have to look at the Houston side, but I just don't know. Like I said, I think they played a pretty good game last week, or you know, yeah, yesterday, last week. So, um, I, I just don't 
think this might be a time where they might just get, get you know not play too well. And then the other thing too is Bill O'Brien. I know you, people were saying that if they don't, you know, they basically need this game is what he reporters were saying. I think on uh, the broadcast that they. O'Brien was saying that they needed this game basically to have any chance against Baltimore last night. And when they, I think the last throw when Savage the interception, uh, basically sealed the game when they had the one last drive to tie it. And you could see his frustration and just basically, you know, threw his arms in the air, in the air and almost looked like a type of deal where, okay, now we're kind of done type of thing. So it almost looks like they might be thrown in the towel. Or no, I shouldn't say that. They're not going to be thrown in the towel, but it seems like they kind of, you know, their bubble kind of burst with any chance they had to, to make the playoffs or make any kind of a run. So that's one thing that kind of scares me too. So I don't really want to be involved, I don't think, in this game. But um, like I said, uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. I, like I, I don't think either of these two teams are that good. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like either of these teams either. Um, but I also don't really trust Houston with uh, Savage in there. Uh, I mean, I think they're, the value probably lies with them at seven. But, you know, I, I just don't really want much of them either. Uh, I think you know, the motivation side of it, Houston's pretty much done, whereas Tennessee's got everything to play for, tied in with Jacksonville for the division, and then, of course, the super weak wild card spots in the AFC. So, um, I don't know. I think the number's probably where it should be. I just don't really want to back either of these teams, and especially not Tennessee laying a touchdown. So um, I'll be staying away from this one. Next game, we got Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Looks like Jacksonville's laying 9.5 at home with a total of 40.5. And my power rating here, Jacksonville 7.5. Westgate opened Jacksonville 7, and the look headline was Jacksonville minus 9.5. I don't know. It seems like a little too high again, but it seems like a repetitive theme here with Indianapolis every week. It's just the same type of deal. I feel like there's a little bit of value every week on Indy. And uh, I think that's the same here. And likewise, this game, uh, there definitely could be a blowout type of situation. That's obviously always in play, especially with anything above 7. Almost in any game, there's always possible, but, you know, let alone that, I think you just, you know, this Jacksonville team has kind of been highly valued the last few weeks or, you know, the last part of the season almost uh, after they, you know, shown how good their defense is, but, you know, they obviously had some hiccups. You, you just look at Bortles is pretty much all you need to look at, I guess. I mean, that one interception he threw right before they're going to put him into field goal range and at least attempt a long field goal. He just throws a very awful interception. Just, just you know, a few yard pass. It looked like he was throwing it to the defender. And, you know, that made it, you know, going to overtime and whatever, or just basically sealed their fate almost. So, um, it, uh, you know, it, it's really hard, hard to lay this many points what it comes down to with the, with Bortles behind the helm. So I would definitely lean Indy. Uh, I don't know if I'll get there or not. I'm going to see if I can wait and hang around for a 10 if the public money pushes it up, which I don't know why it wouldn't. So I'm hopefully I can get a 10 before kickoff. And I'd like that at 10 or maybe even where it's at now. I think it's still worth a, at least a lean on Indy. Yeah. I'll, I'll get there whether it stays here or. I think it's at 10 because um, last time Indy played Jacksonville, they lost 27 nothing, but that was four, six weeks ago, five weeks ago here. And uh, just looking at that was, I think Brissett had to have been at that point, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So not, nothing different there. But since then, uh, the Colts have lost by one to, at the Bengals. They won at the Texans. They lost to three to the Steelers at home, and they lost uh, by four to the Titans. So it's in the last you know month plus here, Indy hasn't lost a game by more than four points. I think they're just, they've been a pretty competitive team. And uh, where I've been wrong on Indy is the fact that I've been wanting to bet them over and still, I don't know, kind of kind of agree with my you know my main um, you know whatever philosophy or the 
the main uh, point I was making there. But the last handful of weeks, they've scored 30 points, 37 and um, 34. So, or 36, 37, 34. So I was wrong on them being an over team here recently. And, and even though they didn't cover last week for most people that bet them, uh, they, I think they should have covered that. You know, would have, should have, could have, but they had every right to. And I think they they cover that game more than they don't. So um, I've been kind of wrong about them being an over team, but I have been, I think, pretty right about them uh, being a little bit undervalued from a side perspective. And I think uh, this this uh, number right here reflects that as well. They're just they're a fairly competitive team. They're not great, but they're also not horrible. And against uh, probably slightly above average Jacksonville team that has a lot of trouble scoring. Nine and a half just seems like a lot, a lot of points. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, wouldn't surprise me at all based on how things have been going. If Brissett throws a pick six and they end up losing by 11 points and you, you lose out on the cover, but it's just hard to, it's hard to convince me if they played this game a hundred thousand times, uh, you're not going to make money back in the Colts and nine and a half and, and really, make some money if it gets up to 10 but we'll see i don't know i'll wait is that nine and a half across the board if the numbers start to move then you grab a nine and a half or even if you miss out and you get a nine or an eight and a half it's nine's a pretty dead number so there's not a whole lot of urgency to bet this one unless uh you know the the market just starts the bottom falls out and it heads down to seven but you have a lot of time to, to pick up a number in between there so uh let's wait on this one hopefully you get a 10 and if you don't uh, no problem locking in at nine and a half here. Next game, we got a battle of the bays. Tampa Bay heading to Green Bay. Uh, I don't see any numbers on this game. It must be a Jameis Winston question mark, Rob? Or? Yeah, I guess so. I don't really know why. I don't really think there's a huge adjustment between uh, Winston and Fitzpatrick, but apparently the bookmakers think so. So I only see a few numbers up and to pick them, and that's where I put my numbers at. So I don't know. I don't really have any problem with it, and I would assume it's going to come out of pick them. And even if Winston's in, maybe it goes to Tampa Bay 1, but like I said, I don't see a huge adjustment. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's much difference between the two of them, and who knows what to make out of basically either of these teams at this point. Just not a whole lot of interest um, on this one as long as the number's somewhat within reason, which I'm sure it will be. And then we got the last of the early games. we got Kansas City at the Jets. Looks like Kansas City's laying three with some juice, a uh, total of 44. Yeah, this one here, my power rating, Kansas City minus three, Westgate open, Kansas City four and a half, and the look at line was Kansas City minus six, and yeah, it's basically keep dropping here, it's sitting three with juice, like you said, a lot of three and a halves as well, um, probably more of the prevailing number, three and a half, but it, uh, it yeah, I don't, it's crazy how much their stocks dropped, I mean, just look, look ahead line alone from last, you know, the last game, that's a you know, pretty big adjustment, you're talking about you know, two and a half, three points, and uh, there's, and that's our, that's after they came off a big loss straight up against the Giants the week before. So they're obviously already getting, you know, their stock already kind of got beat up, and then they lost again. So not good for someone like me who's got them for a future bet to win the the, the division in the AFC uh, West there. So I'm hoping they can kind of put it back together. Uh, I know Sportsbook came back with the odds. Looks like they're still minus 180 to win the division, which seems a little high to me even. Uh, Chargers are plus 150. But um, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can get back together because, I mean, really there's nothing. It's not like an injury has changed them or they have any other thing else really to blame it on. It's really just, you know, scheme. And But, you know, like I said, there's not any huge key players that they're missing. It's uh, it's pretty much just, you know, just, just the actual play has changed or the coaching, whatever you want to call it. So 
uh, it seems like they definitely could, uh, feels to me like they could get it back here soon, kind of play like the underdog role and, and kind of play good down the stretch. But I think this will be a big game that they really need to take care of and, and it, really they need to get their offense going. Their offense hasn't been able to beat any defenses the last two weeks specifically and last, you know, now five, six weeks even, they haven't really been able to get it going. I know they got it going against Oakland there. I think it was a Thursday night football. But it, uh, after that, they kind of just haven't been able to get anything going. So they really need to get something going against the Jets' offense or the Jets' defense here, which I think they might be able to. So I mean, I don't really like it at all. But um, if I had to lean one way, I'd probably lean Kansas City, especially if it drop, drops down any further and you get a flat three. To me, this is a pretty easy one. I think the numbers should be Kansas City minus three. If you give me more than that, I'd be pretty tempted to take the Jets. And if you give if it's less than that, I'd be pretty tempted to take Kansas City. I think they sh- should win by about a field goal and. Um, you know, no result in this game would really surprise me. I think Kansas City's the better team, I don't think, by a ton, which you know, I guess, you know, with that logic, you'd say laying three on the road might be a little strong. But in terms of motivation, um, you know, they're still, they needed to get the, the boat, you know, the ship righted here, and and uh, there's still a game up in their division, but now there's, you know, ever-mounting pressure to, to get things straightened out. And uh, where the Jets now, after they could have, if they would have won last week, they would have been, you know, right there. But now at four and seven, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if at any point the the effort's not there from them going forward. So from motivationally, I think the Chiefs um, should have a little bit more. But I also think that that uh, that these teams aren't that far apart necessarily in how good they are and how good they're playing right now. So. I think this number's probably about where it should be. Um, at three, I don't really have much opinion on the game. On the afternoon slate, looks like we got four afternoon games this week, which I like to see. And the first one is a pretty good one. I got NFC South showdown. Got Carolina heading to New Orleans. New Orleans land four at home, the total of 48. Yeah, my power right here, New Orleans minus four and a half. Westgate open, New Orleans three and a half. And the look headline, three and a half as well. And a uh, little bit of money on New Orleans right away, and I don't really necessarily disagree with it. Um, I think I definitely lean New Orleans here at the, the Saints. I don't. I think they might come back home strong here after losing to a pretty good team in the Rams, which I had last week. You had last week. We liked them in that spot after coming off a loss off, uh, you know, the Vikings. That, that's the Rams I'm talking about. I think it kind of just a domino effect. Personally, it's like okay, they lost to a good team. They go home and prove it that they can still compete. And I think it's gonna be the same thing with New Orleans here. Kind of a simple handicap, but. You know, pretty pretty big home field advantage, and then also has to do with I'm really not too high in Carolina, especially if they can if the Saints can gash them early. I think they might be able to just take care of this game and, and kind of just you know run away with it type of deal. Because especially if Cam gets down early, they kind of lose their mojo, and then he doesn't really have as much mojo as he had a few years ago. Even I think he's been pretty shaky, even though they're getting the wind. I think they should have lost outright, not let alone covering uh, against the Jets last week. I think they should be able to. I think they probably should have lost that game. Like like I said, I think they kind of got pretty fortunate. And then obviously they covered there at the end with that meaningless field goal. So um, I I don't love the New Orleans here just because it's over three. But um, even even a little bit, uh, if you take a four, looks like it's four now. If even a four, I think uh, you know, I definitely lean that way. But I'm not not in love with it at that number. Yeah, this is. I don't think there's much difference personally between these two teams. Um, really? No, I hmm. I think New Orleans has been pretty drastically overrated for most of the year. And so, I mean, if you gave me on a neutral at, at Pickham, I, I would I would lean New Orleans and pick it, but uh, it's not like I would jam my life on it necessarily because I, I just think Cam just plays. He hasn't been good for the most part this year, 
but I just think he plays so inconsistently. Like last week, he just looked awful, but there have been games where he's looked pretty good, and uh, I still think they have the potential if their offense gets going a little bit. I think they have uh, either somewhat or significantly better defense than New Orleans, and I'd say New Orleans has a significantly better offense for the most part right now. Um, so I, I would lean New Orleans, but I don't think I wouldn't be surprised at all if a couple weeks from now, uh, you know, the, the Panthers were power ranked equal or or ahead of New Orleans by any means. On um, that being said, I think from a spot perspective, it's a great spot for New Orleans for basically all the reasons you mentioned. So um, at this price, I, I would, like I said, lean New Orleans, but I also uh, don't really feel that confident doing it either, and wouldn't be surprised at all if. Uh, Carolina either won the game or, or came real close. You know, the Saints in week three blew out Carolina at Carolina 34-13. And, uh, you know, so in these interdivision games where they're playing each other all the time and they're both uh, right there for the division and, and the, the wild card chase, I don't think one team's going to be severely more motivated than the other. So I think that might be a little bit overstated here. Uh, it's not like this is going to be a huge revenge spot for Carolina or the Saints are going to be that much more motivated off a blowout but uh yeah so i don't know i just not not really a whole lot of opinion on this game but this should be a fun one to watch also real quick i forgot to mention it um i have a also want to watch that total i think this is a little high myself sitting 48 pretty much across the board i get it it's in the superdome that's what new orleans does really well but keep in mind they're a different team this year they're not like the normal shootout type of team that they were last year even the year before so that's the team where they're gonna be more grounded pound. They're gonna run the ball. They got the new running back, that rookie running back that's been really good. And then they got Ingram. They got a you know dual threat. And then like I said, the, or like you said, Carolina's defense has been pretty good too. So, um, and then obviously it's a vision game. So I feel like this is just a tad too high. I feel like it should be a little bit lower. So it's pretty much 48 across the board. So I haven't wagered on it yet, but I'm definitely gonna be watching this. It's in my on you know, dot and my line watcher where it'll notify me anytime a. A line moves in any of the books that I have, so um, this will be something. As soon as I see the market moving at all uh, lower, I'm definitely going to be locking in a 48, uh, especially if I can find a re- little bit of reduced juice. I think uh, an under here is probably the, the way to look. Yeah, Next game, we got Cleveland at the Chargers. Chargers laying 13.5. Looks like some 14s are popping, and a uh, total of 41.5. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Chargers minus 11.5, the opener... At Westgate, Chargers 13 in the look headline, Chargers 10.5. And, and, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. We can almost just have a recording here and just every Cleveland game, like I said earlier. You know, a little bit of value on Cleveland, whether you want to stick with them and take it and, and keep back in Kaiser. And I basically told myself I'm not going to do it. I don't really care what the number is. It's not necessarily the best handicap by any means, but it's just it's one of those deals I'm just tired of betting on this team and, and losing money. So until they tell me show me otherwise, I'm not going to change anything. So... Like I said, it's pretty much a little bit of value on Cleveland. I think it's kind of given in the number, and I don't think the Chargers should be laying this many points, but at the same time, uh, it's a Cleveland team, so uh, I'll probably be staying away from the game, but uh, I'd have to lean, lean Cleveland. Yeah, yet again, it was a fraud of a cover for them. Basically, the game was over, uh, except for since he threw the ball deep, and they had a very questionable, in my opinion, uh, defenseless receiver unnecessarily roughless penalty on uh, on Cleveland. And, and as a result, a couple plays later, Cincinnati scored and they didn't really have any motivation to and Kaiser was sitting there trying to tap on the back door like he does every week and he's yet to open that baby up so he needs a new set of keys or you know someone needs to leave it cracked for him a little bit more or something because I don't know it's, what, what was he trying what was he trying to do I believe he's trying to knock on the back door do, 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 look at me. 
Yeah, I mean, is that Kaiser actually singing that song, or? Uh, I, mean, I think he just uh, does a lot of. Uh... <laughs> with the amount of times he's had, he's been an opportunity. He's just been staring at it. It's like, dude, grab for the handle one GD time, but uh, just can't do it. Can't do it, and uh, it's been frustrating. So almost every week it goes the same script that Cleveland's covering. They're covering, and then they give up some BS play at the end of whether it be a fumble six or on a penalty like last week or something ridiculous where they're like, oh, they're not covering, but they got two minutes left. You know, maybe Kaiser will go against the shell defense and score a touchdown cheap late like that happens a ton, and they just can't do it, just refuse to. So um, at this price range, yeah, the only way I'd look would be Cleveland, but I also think the Chargers are um, – a significantly better team than, say, Cincy last week, so I would have rather caught eight against Cincy than caught 13 against the Chargers, I think, because it's one of those things, if Cleveland's going to be competitive uh, last week or this week, um, they should be able to cover, you know, any under 10, whereas if if these extra couple points here I don't think are um, super important or to a cover, if they're going to cover this, they might lose by 28 or, you know, whatever. I just don't really think... Uh, it's gonna, the number's gonna come into play on this one, so watch it end on 13 here, but, uh, no interest in this one. I'll, I'll be on the sidelines. Next game, we got the Rams at Arizona. I think the Rams are laying a full touchdown here in the road with a total of 45. Yeah, my power rating Rams 7, Westgate open Rams 6, and the look at the line was the Rams minus 6. And yeah, judging by my power rating number, it seems like I, I just really don't want to get in front of this Rams train right now, especially with a, with Gabbert and, uh, Arizona team, so. They looked okay last week. I you know, took care of that Jacksonville squad, but I'm not really super high on them. And obviously, that was a lot, a uh, lot to do with Bortles and a little bit of Gabbert's uh, coming home party too after they got rid of him and coming back to or going to Jacksonville, trying to beat Jacksonville. So, um, but no, I like. I don't really have an opinion either way here. I think uh, this has a little bit of a blowout written all over it. But I don't. I think if I had to lean one way, it'd be Arizona. But I'm not going to be getting involved at this point spread range. Yeah, I think this is kind of a high-variance game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams had a letdown on the road after a pretty big home win against one of the top teams in the NFC. And uh, Arizona's been just frisky enough, and Gabbard's been just frisky enough, where I wouldn't be surprised at all if they lost outright. And Arians has been coaching pretty decently. But I also think that the Rams are, you know, obviously as the point spread and record suggests, are a significantly better team. And what surprised me at all if they just blew them out because they seem to like to beat up on weak weak opponents. So um, in this type of game, I guess what I'm saying is I definitely wouldn't tease this game. I would either uh, bet the Rams or you know maybe even sprinkle a little on the Arizona money line if you like that side. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion on which way I lean either way on this one, but I think this is just my only opinion here is it might be a high variance game one way or the other. And then the last of the afternoon games is an absolute garbage game, but just got made a little bit more interesting now that uh, Eli just got benched for uh, Geno Smith. We got the Giants heading to Oakland. Oakland, they were laying seven, seven and a half, but uh, I'm sure is this number on the board still? Or yeah, I don't know. For me, it looks like it is, but I'm not 100 percent sure to be honest. I, haven't, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in this game, so I haven't really been keeping up uh, too close on it. But it looks like it's still on the board to me. I wonder that. That's interesting. I wonder if they're saying there's no difference between Eli and Geno Smith. That's kind of an indictment on Eli. I don't know how there won't be a downgrade. Yeah, but um, we'll see. I guess oh, it's off. It's off on a couple books here on offshore. Okay. See, I'm not sure on that one, but 
my power in here, Oakland seven and a half, Westgate open, Oakland eight and a half, and the look headline was Oakland seven, but like I just said, I don't really have a whole lot of, uh, you know, a whole lot of interest either way. I would have maybe leaned with the Giants, but now, um, definitely not without Eli. I think, I don't think he's a world beater by any means, but if anyone's watched Geno Smith and if you want to put your money on him, oh boy, I don't know. He's, uh, he's really, he's pretty bad. It's, uh, pretty tough to watch. I mean, obviously it's point spreads a great equalizer, but still, I just don't, uh, I think there's better bets to be made here. So I'm, even though it's, uh, you know, one of the late games here on Sunday, I just, uh, I'm going to be staying away and really don't have a lot of interest in this game. Yeah, at 43, I'm almost a little tempted to take the over. Um, Gino's one of those quarterbacks that might generate points, whether either way. You know, he kind of seems to take some shots, but also make some stupid plays. And then the Oakland is kind of a stereotypical over team where they have a, even though last week there wasn't a ton of points against Denver, um, their defense is just awful. And, at, you know, the cars go put up some points. It's, against this Giants team that their defense played a pretty good, good game against uh, uh, the Redskins last week. But they're also, you know, have they shown quitting them before too. So if they quit, this total will be real manageable at 43. Uh, I don't love it because I don't really trust anybody or any unit in this game at all. But uh, that would be my only slight opinion on this one. Sunday night game, uh, I got Philadelphia heading to Seattle. Philly land five on the road with a total of 47. Yeah, wow. Um, power rating here, Philadelphia minus three. Westgate open, Philly six. And the look headline, Philly six. And yeah, it's just kind of crazy. It kind of, this did come down. It was sitting at about three and a half earlier today, or maybe it was last night, I forget. But, um, some steam came pretty hard here and moved it. So, which is a little shocking to me because usually if steam like that comes on a public team like this, where you would assume that the value's going to be on Seattle, it's usually later in the week on like a Saturday or Sunday morning when the public's going to get a hold of it. So, Makes me a little nervous that there's already that, you know, big a move. Now, obviously it's a little bit of a dead number too, or it definitely is a dead number, three and a half to four to four and a half, five, but still it's a decent move for something this early in the week. So, um, I definitely like the Seattle side, uh, where I look, but it's obviously, uh, they're riddled with injuries and Philadelphia is rolling right now. I just don't really know if I want to get in front of that train, but I, I feel like they really can't play any better than they have been playing and they've been kind of beaten up on the week. So it's really be a, definitely a, a game where they have to come out to prove it. So I think they're going to be at full motivation, but it's going to be tough for them to play in a, in a, a venue like uh, Seattle. I mean, obviously got the 12th man and everything there uh, at CenturyLink Field, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I definitely lean to Seattle, but uh, I don't know if I'll actually get there, but it, it seems to me like this line, this spread could just keep creeping higher and higher. So I don't even think seven's really out of the play at this point if it's already got to you know five and a half or six and the public hasn't gotten involved. So... I think it's Seattle 7 or even at 6 maybe. I think you might just blindly take it and hope for the best here. Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that because um, about the Lions, I know like, I listened to Sherman, uh, one of the odds directors at the Westgate, and he was saying that they opened it Philly 6 and they took a bunch of sharp Seattle money on it right away and, and moved it down to like 4 and then had a little bit of buyback on Philly. So it's kind of interesting. And it looks like CG's opened it at three and a half and then just pretty much gone consistently up. So I wonder if there are some bookmakers that have opinions on, on the game that are trying to attract a certain side of money there or what? Cause that's pretty big. You know, it's a pretty big difference there. Yeah. Either I don't know if it's you got two different groups on each side or yeah, exactly. The bookmakers taking a position, but yeah, it looks a little, I haven't really seen much like this pretty much all year. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to, you know, dissect of what's actually going on. 
Yeah, exactly. You might see like a half point or something, but between three and a half and six, even though those aren't super, you know, critical numbers, it's still a pretty drastic difference there when you're just talking about opening. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really like Seattle that much. I still don't really trust them, even though Wilson's pretty good. Um, this is a game where you know, back in the day, uh, it'd be nice if you could have got, you know, Philly at under a field goal. I do think they're a better team, and they've just kind of been rolling. Uh, this price range, though, is not really a whole lot of interest. I, I'm not going to lay this price with Philly on the road because uh, I think Seattle's, you know, they're still fighting for the NFC West and, and a playoff spot, so they should be motivated, and they got a pretty big home field advantage, and they're tough to beat there, and, and Wilson is pretty good, and I think Carroll's a pretty good coach overall, so I'm no way you're going to find me laying five uh, in that situation on the road. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just... I haven't been quite as high on Seattle as most people have for most of the year and don't totally trust them necessarily to cover this either. So I'll likely be uh, just watching this one. And then the Monday nighter, I got Pittsburgh laying five and a half on the road at Cincinnati with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Pittsburgh minus four and a half. Westgate open, Pittsburgh seven. Look at Pittsburgh seven and kind of sitting right between those two. My power in number in the opener sitting five and a half. Like you said, and uh, I... I think there's a little bit of value on Cincinnati here, if, especially if uh, if you get a six. It looks like could be a, a – I don't know if it's going to get much higher than that, but I guess we'll wait and see. But this Pittsburgh team has been a little little iffy, I think. they. I don't know how many wide, wide open receivers they had there when we were watching on Sunday night, how many wide open uh, receivers Green Bay had streaking down the field just from blowing coverages and, and what have you. So uh, I think this Pittsburgh team – tad bit overrated and, and i'm not really too high on the cincy team but you know they usually play them somewhat tight if uh if they're going to be competitive and then uh obviously it's a divisional game so they know them pretty well so this will be a pretty big game uh i think for cincy that kind of try to get any hope that they can make it to the playoffs and try to make a a run but uh so you'd expect them to not only a division game but with the playoff pitcher you'd expect them at full effort and but i just don't really trust that team a whole lot so i think uh you might just take the Take the points if you if, if anywhere, but I definitely don't want to be laying this many points on the road with Pittsburgh in a division game like this. Is basically, what I would say for sure. So, like to me, it's either Cincy or pass. Yeah, remember back in uh, week six when Cincy went to Pittsburgh, and that game was at like I think six or so, and then it got steamed down there late and like right before kickoff, and ended up going off at like three and a half. Yeah, just ridiculous. Was, yeah, so Pittsburgh was only laying three and a half to Cincy. And obviously they ended up winning by 15, even though that was a little deceiving because I, I did end up on Cincy in that game, and, and they were in it for most of it and had a pretty decent chance to cover and then just kind of fell apart late. And uh, then I was kind of interesting that, you know, whatever, it's six weeks later, and I don't think either of these teams are too much different than what we thought they were. Cincy's pretty middle of the road, uh, not too spectacular, plays pretty solid defense, but Dalty's, you know, a little questionable back there. Then you got Pittsburgh that's has a pretty high ceiling, but it's pretty inconsistent. I mean, I'd say both of these teams are basically exactly what I thought they were back then. And uh, you know, now you know, you got Pittsburgh before they're laying three and a half at home. Now they're laying five and a half, six on the road. That just seems like a pretty big adjustment to me. Um, I don't think it's totally warranted. Uh, you got Cincy, uh, you know, playing in a primetime game against their bigger brother rival. This is a pretty big step up spot for them emotionally, and and they're not totally dead either at six and or five and six in the AFC wild card. You know if they pull off an upset here and they get to six and six, they're right in the hunt and uh, 
Pittsburgh's kind of been playing with fire all year against these bad teams. You know, barely squeaking by the Indian, which they should have lost a couple weeks ago, barely squeaking by that Green Bay team at home last week. And I think they're kind of getting a false sense of, uh, you know, just of confidence and that, oh, we're, we can just turn it on at any point and, and take care of business when we need to. And I know Tomlin talked about, you know, they're going to be playing New England twice this year, you know, not just their Week 15 matchup, but also in the AFC Championship game. So they're kind of getting the sense of entitlement that I'm, I don't really like and, um, I, I don't know. I just think uh, they might be a little overconfident, and since he's going to have a huge chip on their shoulder, and uh, this just seems like the point spread adjustment really isn't that warranted, in my opinion. So uh, I like Cincinnati quite a bit in this one, and it is a little scary. Like you said, um, they're not a team I totally trust, and 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 there's they don't have a ton of playmakers necessarily, and I don't totally trust Dalton. So you know, if if they do get blown out because Pittsburgh is a much better team, like everyone knows that. Um, you know, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but I absolutely think since he's worthy of a wager in this spot. So that'll do it. That uh, wraps up the whole Week 13 slate. Uh, now let's do what we always do to end the pod and give our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. So both came off winners last week. Um, Rob had the Rams laying two and a half, and they got by the Saints. It wasn't too much of a sweat. It was pretty comfortable most of the way. And uh, that gets you to what four and eight on the year, Rob? Yep, four and eight. And then uh, you know, battling back a little bit, that's a couple in a row for you. And then I had the Bills. Uh, I don't know. I think it was catching ten at the time. Ended up closing nine, and they won outright. So can't argue with that. I didn't tell anybody to sprinkle on the money line uh, and really get a big payday. But either way, you got a winner, and uh, that gets me to six, five, and one on the year. So finally, uh, in the positive. So that uh, that feels good because it was it was rough there for a few weeks. So anyway, but uh, since you won, you get to keep the tee box, Rob. Where are you looking this week? Yeah, I uh, put my tee in the ground here and have to open up that fairway. It's wide open, so let's see what I want to go with. Um, kind of feels weird, I'll give you that much, but uh, two in a row. Uh, but uh, let's see between two games, and I think after the like I said, just uh, just announced it. I think I'm gonna have to take the San Francisco plus three and a half. Getting Jimmy G uh, Garoppolo behind center against that Chicago Trubisky-led team, which I think I got to mention that I, I was on different. I think it was on Gil Alexander's uh, Vsin show, but he mentioned that uh, Trubisky's passer rating was like a point six uh, last week. It's like, boy, is that bad? Not bad. I don't know how you. That's just uh, <laughs> remarkable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not not too bad, but no, yeah. So I think I'll be fading that and. Uh, Game worries me a little bit, just I feel like everybody's going to be on San Francisco this week, but I feel like that's uh, it's going to be the right side. And like I said, it feels like it's going to close more like three or less than that. So, um, I, what I do uh, more than anything, be more than picking winning and losers, is just trying to get the best of the numbers. So, uh, I feel like that's going to be uh, getting the best of the number that 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 game. So, I'll take uh, San Francisco plus three and a half as my uh, pick of the week. No, that's a that's a great pick with throwing out dead numbers to the listeners. If any of them have time machines, they can go back in time at the beginning of the week and find a number there. <laughs> that's why I, I kind of ex- that's why I wasn't gonna play it, but I'm kind of watching the board here and it hasn't moved at all in the last whatever but since since it was announced like 30 minutes ago. Not I think five dines moved a little bit, but everything there's not one other number that I've seen move. Yeah, it'll no, nah, I was just jokingly. Like, that'll be interesting to see where that where that number goes as the week uh, continues. And either way, it's gonna make that game a little bit interesting to watch. I'll definitely have that. I mean, I would have it on one of the TVs anyway, but I'll actually glance over at that game a little bit now. And put, um, it, put it second from the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to have it on the straight side TV. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. This might be a little bit of recency bias. Uh, recency bias from what we were just talking about. But I, I, the more you're talking about, the more and more I kind of like that Cincy. So uh, I'm gonna do a little Monday Monday night prime time uh, sexy underdog here and take Cincy. Looks like they're getting five and a half right now. But it wouldn't shock me at all if you could get a little bit better of a number uh, by kickoff. So I'd probably wait if you are going to bet it. But uh, Cincy plus five and a half will be my uh, pick of the week. And Monday Night so, Mania. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, that'll uh, do it for the the Week 13 NFL pod. You got any concluding thoughts there, Crabber? I just wonder how did it go out in Vegas there uh, gambling-wise? Any, anything uh, big hits or... Yeah, I mean, I think you were with me for most of it, and it definitely wasn't good. So, <laughs> thanks for grabbing that big can of Morton salt and just pouring it right over the open wound. But uh, I, I, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I just can't complain. I heard. Uh, I heard otherwise. I thought. Uh, I heard you got. Uh... I'm really rich. No, I wish, uh, and I don't. I don't always win. I'm not tired of winning by any means. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd, I'd welcome more winning. So we don't have victories. We don't win anymore. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that, I think that soundbite right there pretty much summed up my trip. But it was fun. It was fun regardless, though. We had a good time, and you know, there's always the next one. So, anyway, uh, all right. Well, that'll do her. And uh, good luck this week, Rob, and good luck to all the listeners out there. And we'll be back next week, and it'll be September or <laughs> December already. So, be back for uh, next week for week 14. So, good luck everybody this weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.